You're now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We're the number one outlet for HBCU life, talking about everything that's important to our culture, from on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. You're listening to the HBCU Sports Playbook on HBCU Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today, where we're talking about week one of the football season why is it so many games? Like, what the world? Can y'all do an 18-week season like the NFL? Y- y'all got all these games. Like, all the HBCUs are playing everybody. Like, man, I don't saw. I think I don't saw Georgia on the schedule. Is A&T playing Georgia yet? Is that 2028 or is that Saturday? I don't know, Ario. How you doing today? Are you ready for football? Yo, your whole rant just has everything. Took everything out of my mouth. It is a lot of football. Um, if A&T ever does that, I I don't know how, I don't think that's going to end super, super well. They are reigning champs. I don't think A&T is ready for that. That's a different kind of level of championship, but I'm doing good. And yes, I completely agree with you. Whole bunch of football going on is too much. It just feels like they're like, you want it? We got it. So we're going to put it in your face. And wow, I'm overwhelmed, but happy that it's back. Yeah, and and hey, listen, North Carolina A&T is playing the champions next week. We'll talk about that a little bit. North Dakota State, FCS champs. So, you know, we're going to see what's going on with that, man. You know, big upset energy. You feel what I'm saying? But let's just go on and hop into it. It's a lot of uh, HBC football topics. So, first, I do want to uh, give a shout-out to uh, HBCU League Pass. Uh, we are currently simulcasting. Uh, we're recording this episode uh, for our podcast feed for our YouTube audience, which is over, I believe, 12,000 subscribers. Shout-out to everybody on YouTube. As well as HBCU League Pass, uh, they did an amazing job, Ario, uh, showcasing the Edward Waters uh, Florida Memorial game uh, on this on the service. It was amazing. It was a lot of great vibes, a lot of great energy, and a great game. We're going to talk about that in a second. But I want to give a shout-out to Benedict College. Uh, Benedict just signed a multi-year agreement with HBCU League Pass. Uh, they're going to have all of their athletic events um, that are going to be hosted on League Pass. Now, it's going to be games that aren't going to be on League Pass, but they're going to have a bunch of games on League Pass, basketball, football, uh, and they're going to have Benedict versus Elizabeth City State University is going to be on League Pass on Saturday. So I'm super-duper excited, Aria. We went to winning team, man. Listen. We out here winning media rights out here. We getting them. Listen, we gang game and we squad squad right now, man. <laughs> lame. That was so lame. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> it was lame. Listen, listen, uh, listen. Hey, we gang like that's it, like, lead passes gang gang now. Like, listen, we were rich gang, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? We gang gang now. I understand, man. But I'm super excited. And I'm even more excited the fact that the SIAC is getting love. You know, Ariel, and I'll say this and we'll move. This is a perfect move into. Uh, this game with Florida Memorial and Edward Waters. But, you know, I don't think D2 gets a lot of love. And I think, you know, amongst certain circles, even HBCU circles, Division II football doesn't get the respect it deserves. You have a lot of Division II players that have done well. Uh, you have, you know, Division II football that does amazing. Bowie is an amazing example. Fam, uh, FAMU is playing, is playing Albany State, and Albany State has been dominant in Division II. So I just believe that, you know, we have to put more respect on Division II HBCU programs. And Benedict is going to be a monster this year. I think that they're going to be right up there with Albany State. 
you know, Fort Valley, hopefully, hopefully Fort Valley does well. Uh, and they're going to be contending for the East. I think it's going to be, because normally it's Fort Valley and Albany State. I think it's going to be Morehouse in that mix because they've been doing really well. Clark Atlanta has coach Willie Slater. That's that's from Tuskegee. So he's coming in with a lot of experience and some side championships. So I think that he's going to get them together at Clark Atlanta. But Benedict is going to be a threat. And that Albany State Benedict game this year, I think it has championship implications just as much so as the Orange Blossom Classic with Jackson State and FAMU. But, you know, that's something that we'll talk about later on down the line. But let's get into this amazing week zero, rainy week zero. It was a lot that was going on, a lot of lightning and weather delays that went on. Uh, but HBC football officially made a comeback, right? So we started off the day with Edward Waters versus Florida Memorial in the Big Cat Classic that aired on HBC League Pass. And it was an amazing game. You know, Florida Memorial won 39-34. to I'm telling you, like, Florida Memorial was dominating the whole entire afternoon. But in the third quarter, a shift happened, and it was some amazing football. And it entertained us for a little bit during the weather delay. (laughs) <laughs> because like that me xy challenge ain't start the about 11 o'clock p.m i was like man some folks got church in the morning like come on man <laughs> like we kind of get this going uh but it was an, an, an amazing game we're going to talk about that to start off but the me xy challenge uh me xy challenge was a very interesting affair um a lot of delays a lot of pageantry uh you had my girl bianca Belair, wwe she was in the building uh she did the coin toss super excited to have seen her um, Alabama State, you know, pulled off an amazing win, 23-13. to 13. And we have to show love really quickly to FAMU. Uh, they were undermanned, and we'll talk about that in a second as well. But they had a very competitive contest with University of North Carolina. They lost 56-24, to 24, but the score does not indicate the effort. And we're super proud of them for what they did. They showed and proved, even with everything that's going on. So, Ariel, let's start off with talking about Florida Memorial versus Edward Waters. So, you know, how did you feel about this game? You know, this was one of the games, you know, that was kind of competing with me because I'm over here trying to finish the NFL preseason and making sure who's going to be on roster because what's the 53-man roster looking like. But this was actually a really, really good game and one of the better quarterbacks that I had seen that whole weekend. On the other side, you know, that Howard has Quintavious Williams. But on this side, we had another Williams that went 25 for 36, 382 yards. Not only was he impressive, but his defensive line was impressive. And the main big reason for that was Mims. Produced nine tackles for that whole game with another sophomore defensive lineman, Antoine Davis, producing four. Those tackles are what won them the game. And it was it was pretty exciting to see both of the defenses battling and both of the offenses knowing that they're super good and just seeing them, they're going to go way far in this season. But I was super duper impressed with Florida Memorial. And I'm not going to lie, I wasn't familiar with this team, but they made me want to watch them. They made me want to engage after this time. And like you were saying, a lot of D2 schools, they don't get the respect and love because even I know that. I'm coming from a D1 school and a lot of people can't see, but I got a big A&T little canvas in the behind me so I'm used to winners I'm used to people showing up and winning those games but Florida Memorial versus Edward Wires was actually something that I should have watched and something that I was super excited for after I rewatched it and catch the highlights I'm very excited for them a really really good game moving on to the other side you know the Mia X Swag Challenge I was a little bit more disappointed and some of my points came into Howard Howard was competing at first and I was very proud 
of Cortavius Williams. He was taking those shots, but at the same time, he was making itty-bitty mistakes, not being ready and not being set, not looking for his man out of the field, letting the defense pressure him. And that's where you see B. Davis on the other side for Alabama State come into play. Man, Alabama State was – I think people underestimated them, and I think people underestimate their quarterback. He was one of the best that I have ever seen, one person that made me scared. Taking those long shots down the field each play and finding someone there, that's someone that you should have – that's someone that puts fear into your eyes. Someone that's not scared to take the ball and run or actually make that shot and then get you points on the board. And I think that's what Howard was lacking on the other side. I think they were pretty timid. I don't know if they heard our podcast. I don't know if they were rumbling in their mind. They're like, we got to be better than last year. But that's where they fell short. They were super timid in what they wanted to do. They were super timid and trying to run the ball, super timid and trying to make those shots that, you know what, whether I miss it or not, it's a 50-50% chance. And I think that's what was missing with Howard. And it showed they fell behind in the fourth quarter and they became the team that they were last year. Alabama State proved and needed to prove that they were this team. And I think that you'll see their more progression. I, they were kind of reminded me of what North Carolina Central looked like last year. They came in and they showed that, hey, we have grit. We compete with these other teams. And they proved it. They should have won, like you said. They should have won against South Carolina State. And I feel like they'll grow into that team. But Alabama State is nothing to sleep on. There is nothing that you should be like, hey, they don't have it. They don't have the players. They don't have the team. They don't have the coach. They have everything. And I believe that performance on Saturday proved it. And I follow in our last game, FAMU versus UNC. I personally think if they didn't have all those ineligible players, over 20-something players ineligible, that maybe would have been a closer game than what it looked like because they were really going tick for tack for UNC. And I don't think a lot of PWIs are seeing that HBCUs are kind of getting up there when it comes to the transfers portal and when it comes to looking and scouting. Like, we're not just behind anymore. We're coming to compete. And you can see that against FAMU. And FAMU is also another team that likes to go head to head with Jackson State and is similarly has the same capabilities and same strength as Jackson State. So when you, if those teams were combined to play against UNC, it would have been a better game. But honestly, that situation is something that we should go into ourselves because that was absolutely crazy. Why you had over, tw- why you had twenty six players that couldn't play that game. Yeah, and you know we're gonna definitely talk about that because that's the whole entire thing, and we covered it extensively on HBCUPulse.com our YouTube channel, and also we have it concurrently running on HPC League Pass, and you'll be seeing that, you know, throughout uh, the week until we get some updates. Um, but everything you're saying is spot on. Um, amazing game, uh, Edward Waters versus Florida Memorial. Uh, I wasn't expecting it because Florida Memorial was dominating, man. But, like, you know, they pulled it through, and Florida Memorial is an NAIA school. They're Division three, you know, so to see, you know, that the talent that they have, I really think that there's someone to watch in the NAIA. They play Southern <laughs> on this weekend. So, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Southern. You know, Southern, you know, is, is a beast. But, you know, we're going to see what they can do. Edward Waters plays Clark Atlanta. That's Willie Slater down there from Tuskegee. So, we'll see what they do uh, in those games. And we will be definitely watching those if they're able to be streamed. Um, but we have, like you said, Miak Swag Challenge. I got to ask you this before we move on. Do you think the rain delays help or hurt Alabama State and Howard? Because there were there were two, and they weren't rain delays, there were lightning delays, but there were two lightning delays. And I was I've never seen that before in my life. 
Um, Because I went personally to a high school game. My brother is in the band at Northeast High School. And we went to uh, the game here in Macon. It was at Mercer Stadium, uh, Mercer University Stadium. And we went, and it was storming. It was the sun was shining, and then all of a sudden lightning happened. We went out, lightning delay. I've, I've done that before. We went right back in. It was another lightning delay, and we all decided to leave. We, we decided the game is over. We're not going back in. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, why is this happening again? Because Edward Waters had a lightning delay. You had UNC versus FAMU. They had a situation where there was lightning in the area, and, and ESPN had to augment their cameras because they had to turn them off because of the lightning. So it was, it's been a lot of weather concerns. So do you think that for specifically, you know, the MEAC SWAC Challenge having so many weather concerns, do you think that helped or hurt either team? I think it's funny how people are like, oh, rain's not going to hurt you. Snow night's going to hurt you. But lightning, we got to stop the whole show. We, we can't continue forward. I think, you know, <laughs> humans are funny. But I think this is some – it definitely – it didn't affect Alabama State. I feel like it affected Howard because you can see in between those lightning delays, Howard would build momentum. And then when they had to take a break, they would lose it. And Howard is one of those teams that can't relax they have to stay tense. They have to stay motivated because that motivation is what's going to drive you to win the game. I don't think it had anything to do. I don't think it affected Alabama State. Alabama State was showing that they were the better team offensively and defensively. But with Howard, if they didn't have those lightning delays, I believe there would have been a better score. There was too many problems on the offensive side that caused them not to score especially when it came to third down conversions. They were doing really well in the first quarter and I don't know what happened second and they're on in the second half. But those line delays, I think, affected them in their spirit, and they have to realize that even though there's a delay, there can't be a stop to my momentum. So, and I know lightning is dangerous, you know, electric and all that good stuff, whatever, but you have to find a way to stay motivated and stay in the game while all this is happening. But um, they were they were in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Like, what lightning is going to get you? There's a retractable roof, but that's that's none of my business. I don't work there. I'm not a coach. I'm just here stating my opinion, so I, I'm going I'm to leave out of it. You know, it makes sense. I mean, they can just close it. I mean, that Bro, that's, that is it. very true. I mean, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, it was sort, it was sort of interesting though. And you know, I, I, I will give you know my take on ESPN's coverage of the game and detail my discoveries before we end the podcast because I, I did you know put out a tweet and I noticed that um, because of the rain delays, they they moved the Miak Swag Challenge abruptly to ESPNU. It was on ESPN. And what Laura being on ESPN is that, you know, that's the main channel and people typically turn to that channel. ESPN is the brand and you have ESPN two and your online affiliates, ESPN three and ESPN plus ESPN. U, you know, is sort of further down the channel package. And to be honest, ESPN is a basic cable package. Now, unless you have, you know, um, YouTube TV, like how I do, or you have a premium cable package for direct TV or those different services, you might not have been able to legally, I will say legally, you might not have been able to legally see the game. And I think that that is a problem, but that's something that we'll talk about more as we conclude the podcast. But, you know, the FAMU game itself. Uh, so we found out on Friday, uh, it was reported that the FAMU bus hadn't taken off and the football team hadn't left the campus. It was a lot of reporting around that. And in my mind, I was like, can they leave? Like, golly, maybe they doing something. Like, like maybe they finishing class. Can you let them? Golly, stalkers. All right. But then more reports came out and said it was some compliance issues. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. So I'm looking at it. 
And I saw that at the time it was 20 ineligible players, including Isaiah Land, who was the best defensive player in the FCS period, not just HBCUs, the FCS period, all the schools. And, you know, he was threatening to transfer. And then, you know, things moved over. He decided to stay at FAMU, but he was ineligible. And that was going to be a big game for him because that's a money game. It's on ACC Network. So that was some, you know, some great, you know, draft, you know, attention for him. And he wasn't able to get it. He was a part of the 25 players that we eventually found out that were ineligible to play. And it was a bunch of records that was going on on Twitter. A lot of reports going on HBCU game day, local affiliates in Tallahassee that reported on that concern. So they go down to uh, UNC and we're thinking it's going to be a killing. We, we think that UNC is going to just go in there and just destroy them. But fam, you, I watched the whole entire game. I had the Miak Swag Challenge, especially with those rain delays, on my iPad. I had, like, the fam, you, UNC game on the big screen, and I was like, okay, man, I know UNC probably can go up 28-0 in the first quarter, so I'm going I'm to turn to the Miak Swag Challenge. But when my when my, my guy, Jeremy Musa, threw that touchdown, man, it's 7-7. Ari, I was like... Wait a minute. I, I I closed down my iPad. I'm like, wait a minute. No, we're going to look at the, the MEAC Swap channels later. Let me turn my attention to this family UNC game. And it was really a good game. Ariel Jeremy Musa is a guy. He, he's a transfer, a graduate transfer from Vanderbilt. He threw two touchdowns. He is very poised, a very accurate passer. Like, I, I think they got a guy in him. And I, he was that was his show. Like, FAMU, to me, they lost the game, but they won in general. And I think regardless of what's what happened, you know, on on Saturday and on last week, even this week, I think FAMU was going to compete with Jackson State. But let's talk about that because the football players, and we, we reported this on HBCUPulse.com, the football players of FAMU's football team sent a letter to Coach, sent a letter to President Dr. Larry Robinson, the president of FAMU, outlining their grievances and their grievances included financial aid, housing arrangements, advisement, you know, there's different things that are not happening for the FAMU football team. And they said something that was very key to me, Ariel, and I'm going to paraphrase that, you know, they kneeled during the Florida song and the alma mater saying that they're not going to sing a song that says college of love and charity when they're not getting college, they're not getting that love of charity from FAMU. And they said it's not a personal attack against, you know, uh, President Robinson, but they just want better. And they went out there and played against UNC for pride because they love their institution. And it was powerful. You know, and we reported about it extensively on HBCU polls. I want to just get your take on it. You know, I think student athletes are very disrespected. So how did you feel about this whole situation with FAMU writing the letter and all of the things that transpired this week in the aftermath of that letter? I can understand, like, interviewing and I did a lot of projects with student athletes on campus and it hurts them and it affects them, especially when they're not getting the treatment, they're not getting the scholarships, especially during COVID when I did my um, documenting behind the scenes on the volleyball team and they literally lost the whole season. And some of them were off scholarships, some of them couldn't continue and they had to transfer. And it's not that they were just only doing it for the money and that they were only doing it because this was the only place that would give them an education. It was just that they had to continue who they were. They did have to pay for the education. They wanted to keep playing. And if the school wasn't providing that, then they would have to leave. And fortunately, some of them were able to stay and able to continue their season and able to continue to go to ANT. But this is not the case for FAMU. 
during certain guidelines that contradicted between them and whoever they were signing with, they were unable to play 26 people. And like you said, this is a money game. So you have ESPN, you have other scouts, you have NFL people there that need to see these HBCU players because not all of them are going to get this light. Not all of them are going to get to play against these schools that have so much advertisement, that have so much people looking at them in views that they're probably never going to get in their life. So that's what makes the situation really unfair and really important, especially with your grievances and why you were telling me about it and the response from the president hasn't been worthy of me saying, well, I understand your situation. He hasn't taken into anything that the players have said. He hasn't done anything with the players that have said. These are people's lives on the line. This people's money and their scholarships, maybe their livelihood, maybe the only way that their family could make it out. And for this situation not to be resolved, coming on one of the biggest games that we're about to see against Jackson State, this this has to be something that's on top of the list for them. This has to be somewhere we're willing to get our players out there so they have that opportunity if they wanted to to go to the next level or to continue their education what's happening in FAMU it's sad it's not like it hasn't happened before it's not like it hasn't happened amongst other schools but for this to be a HBCU problem a black problem is what makes it major for me so yeah Ariel, I totally agree um and I said this in my report uh, that I put up on uh, on our podcast you know and also on YouTube that was a companion with our article the article that I wrote and I said, this reminds me a lot of Mizzou in 2015. You know, of course, the circumstances are different because the FAMU football team isn't dealing with racism, but they're dealing with systemic inequities that can be cleared up by the administration of FAMU. And with Mizzou, they started to protest games. Two days later, the president, Tim Wolf, was fired. I don't think that's going to happen in this case. Uh, president Robinson did do a press conference and he said publicly that he did speak with the football team about their grievances. And as we record this, it is Thursday. So as we know, and this is Thursday, I will even give the time we're recording this. It is 1.37 PM. Just so people know currently right now, the game is still going on. All right. Am I on Twitter currently? No, I'm focused. We're doing this <laughs> podcast, but at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I don't think that, they, that, that the football team is saying we're going to boycott this game. I don't think they're doing this. I think they're going to play Jackson State. And uh, President Robinson did speak with them. Um, we're going to see what happens. If you want to see the full interview, head over to HBC Pulse's YouTube. Uh, we posted the whole entire thing and also a little bit of a flex. We also were sourced by Roland Martin, Ariel, because the video was on our YouTube and they sourced us. So, yeah, that was, that was dope. Hey, I know, that was dope. <laughs> Blessing and stuff, you smiling and whatever. You know, HG posts on the come up, man. Yeah, I mean, it was just dope. And then I, I had to say this too, like, you know, I met, you know, um, a Roland Martin. He came to Fort Valley 2018 and I, I got an offer from our marketing director at the time, Mr. Mobley, who ironically was a, it was a FAMU alum, is a FAMU alum, to drive in the car with him to go get Roland Martin from Atlanta to come for our lecture series. And I was in there with him. We spoke a little bit, you know what I mean? We, we talked a little bit. He don't know me. He's like, he, he, don't, he don't know who I am. But he, but he might know soon, you know what I mean? Because he, he, he know HBCU Paul, so I mean, he know of what I do. I'm just saying. Um, but, but, uh, but honestly, just, you know, to, to circle back to just the, the situation, like I said, sad situation, um, you know, we're definitely going to monitor it. So make sure to stay tuned to HBCPulse.com and HBCPulse's social media outlets, as well as YouTube and HBC League Pass. 
and we will keep you all updated on what's going on uh, with FAMU and the football team and if things clear up. But Ariel, so Jackson State, they're also going through a situation uh, with uh, the water crisis in the state of Mississippi and in the city of Jackson, Mississippi. So I want to clarify this uh, by saying that this is not a Jackson State issue. This is an issue with the government and water utility that Jackson State is dealing with. So Jackson State uh, is dealing with an issue with the city of Jackson where it's a bunch of water pressure where they're not able you know, to use water in the city. Because of this, it was reported uh, by several local affiliates in Jackson as well as Jackson State University. They moved their instruction virtual. Because of the fact that, you know, you we don't want your students on campus, you can't use the bathroom or restroom, you can't use, you know, the different situations in, 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 the, in the calf. So a lot of the water issues are affecting the daily life of Jackson State students. And, of course, if it affects Jackson State students, it's going to affect Coach Prime and, and the football team. So, you know, they're trying to figure out a place that they're going to go, as we're recording this, uh, to practice for the game. They might go on and head off. Uh, to Miami um, to get prepared for the game. But the football team was displaced because of this. Uh, Coach Sanders uh, released a video addressing the issue that was picked up uh, by ESPN and several affiliates. We also posted that video on HBCU Pulse's YouTube. Uh, So I want to ask you this, Ario, like, you know, how is the team dealing with this, you know, in your opinion? How do you think they're dealing with this? Do you think they're dealing with this well? Because, you know, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, he did sort of make it a public thing, but – I guess maybe it should be a public thing. Like, you know, in my mind, I, like, you know, I think that for me, Ario, like, honestly, as a media person for HBCUs, right, I have, you know, this thing of we have to protect our image, right? But at the same time, truth needs to be heard. And speaking truth to power brings about change, you know? So I think in this situation, this isn't Jackson State's fault. But in my mind, this could maybe deter people from saying, hey, Coach Prime Deion Sanders is down there. But this is going on, so I might not want to go. And that just always sticks in my mind, although I am a media guy. We do media, Ariel, and we have to cover the truth. But it's just it's, it's a conundrum to me. So like, what do you think about that, Ariel? I mean, I don't think the players have really a choice. Like, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, has been setting a standard since they got back. Since he released the video of No Wife Beaters, Open Toe Shoes, sitting in the front of the class, to this is how we're coming out on game day from adding – essential coaches and essential assistants to give it Travis Hunter. They have been setting records and the precedents for what your team should look like for all HBCUs, which is great. But he's also showing, hey, we don't have it all together either. And, it, you know, Jackson State, it, it is a blue blood program and it is a really great college HBCU college program. However, they are not without their problems, too. Hence the water crisis. And right now the water is unclean water. It's a whole bunch of storefronts that have happened in it's cause and it's bringing all this stuff to where they can't use the bathroom that he's shown they can't use the locker rooms they can't practice on the field they can't eat they can't do anything so right now they're trying to work out a situation allegedly where all these players will be staying in a hotel so that way he can accommodate for them and on that side you know that's good personally releasing the video i do i'm conflicted about it I do agree that showing what you're going through is going to put in a sense of the people that it's being affected the same way as if this was a flood down in Louisiana. Once you see the people that have lost their homes, once you see the people that are in famine, once you see the people that don't have anything, you want to create change. However, with Coach Prime's 
celebrity status, I believe it's a little flashy. I believe it's a little sympathetic that I should feel that maybe we need to do something about this and it's coach prime. So if we don't do something for coach prime, we're going to lose him or he, you know, cause it's, we've been up in the air and we talked about this for the year, his contract, will he stay with Jackson state, regardless of what he's doing, will he see his kids out, all that good stuff. And it seems like everything that happens comes to a, it's a push and pull. Like we don't do this for him. This is what's going to happen to us. Like it shouldn't, I feel like it's kind of, it's consequences dealing with coach prime. And I don't think he meant it in that way. I think he was just trying to show, Hey, this is what we're going through. But the video kind of puts out as well. Y'all don't cater to coach prime. Coach prime is just going to leave. And I don't, I don't think that's the case. I do. This is something that this should be solved. This is unfortunate. You have two teams that are about to battle in one of the most anticipated HBCU games ever. And they're both going through crisis and trying to figure it out. And it's sad to see that as HBCU players, it's sad to see this is going on in Mississippi. It's sad to see that this is happening all in the start of school. We're still dealing with monkey paws. We're still trying to get people to graduate. We're trying to release homecoming. We're trying to be great. But you have all this confrontation. You have all these devices that are bringing in turmoil and looking at looking at football players like, why are they going through all this mess? But at the same time, they have the resources to figure it. Well, Coach Prime has the resources to dedicate to his coach, to dedicate to this football team, which we've seen that it's going to make it better. And maybe they will move ahead to FAMU and just practice down there. I believe that is actually a great advantage for them that if they go ahead and move and go ahead and just practice with on the football field. So that way you're prepared, you know where you're at, you know where you're going. And if you have time in that field for like two or three days, hey, I can get the kind of feel that they have on the ground. I can get their team. Maybe I can look at the plays that they're going through. But it's nothing like being at home. It's nothing like having your own facilities. Because what is Jackson State going to look like the rest of the way? Everything can't be a home game, if, I mean, an away game, if they never figure this out. They can't not practice. They are the most looked at team, whether they suck or not. Like, they have to keep that mannerism. They have to keep that sense of power that they already portrayed for the past two years. It's, it's a dilemma that Coach Prime has to figure out, but also the city has to figure out because right now Jackson State is their number one thing. Everybody wants to come there because of Coach Prime and what he's done with this team. So this is something that I feel like it should be at the top of the list for everybody right now and how it may affect this Sunday's game. And I think a big thing here, like I, I totally agree, and, you know, this is – I, I want to just reiterate just, you know, for the audience because I know that we released an article – and it was a young lady, and it's just stuck in my mind about like you know they asked us because like wh- like they put on their story why 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 was this covered? And I was like, what's well, a news story? We're in, we're an HBC outlet. That's why that's why we're covering it. Like what the world? If 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 water pressure is causing the classes to be moving to be delayed and classes to start at a delayed time, you're supposed to move in on the 18th and 19th. Now you're moving it back a week. Don't you think that's news? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I understand that we're coveted and protective over our HBCUs, right? But, you know, I believe that this is an issue that, of course, is bigger than Jackson State. And in the article I wrote uh, earlier in August, I did detail that it's been issues with water utility for years. And this is a government issue. And I believe, and this is something that I've not done my due diligence on, but it is midterms coming up. And I think that every student at Jackson State needs to vote. And I hope that Coach Prime is really big on the front of galvanizing his players to vote, galvanizing the, the city of Jackson, Mississippi to vote, 
because something needs to change. Uh, I have not fully confirmed this, but I do want to put this out there because I've heard this from multiple from multiple people that there was something within a bill where it was proposed that Jackson State get its own water system. And it was proposed, you know, and introduced to lawmakers. But Mississippi, of course, is a Republican state. So from what I'm hearing, that didn't happen. They struck that down. I'm not going to specify why if that did happen. I'm not going to specify why. I'm not going to openly speculate. I have a lot of speculations, okay? But I'm not going to openly speculate on air. But I heard that that was proposed, you know, in recent years. And that was, and that was stricken down uh, by Republican lawmakers in the state. And I just think that that's wrong, you know, um, and it's not a Jackson State problem. But when you look at these problems, Ariel, I totally agree. You think, is Coach Prime going to stay here? Because is Nick Saban dealing with this? You know what I'm saying? Cause we know, like, they back cool. We put, it on, we put that on YouTube as well, on our YouTube, on HBC Pulse. Nick Saban and Deion Sanders, they back rocking after the beef. They cool. They was on ESPN with Sage Steele, and they were talking and all that different stuff. So it was, I'm pretty sure they done got that, that Aflac commercial they were filming, and they done got to talking. So it's like, it's Nick, like Coach Saban, you going through this? No, nah, we don't go through that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, like you know, you, you, you think, you know, but but with what, you, what we purport Coach Prime to be and what he says with why he came down to Jackson State, which he said, he said it was, it was and it's his, his words, it was placed in his heart, by God to come down and be a change agent for HBCUs and for Jackson state. So if you're a change agent, change is hard. You know what I'm saying? Like change in your life in any point, whether it's business, whether it's personal, whether it's relationships, whether it's spiritually, that's hard to do because change requires you to adjust. So if coach prime Deion Sanders, coach Sanders came down there to be a change agent, I think that this is a part of the change. And I think that maybe even for me, just thinking about it and hearing what you were saying, maybe bringing awareness to this, like you said, with, with you know, flooding in Louisiana and, hur- and hurricanes and these different things that go on, maybe this is his way of bringing awareness to this issue. And we know that media provides a pressure to politicians. Where now it's like, now we got, we got Deion Sanders down here. He's going to raise awareness to what's happening. He's going to galvanize the community to support and go vote. So now we're going to handle this and we're going to make this happen. And maybe Coach Prime, that can be a win where maybe he can either facilitate Jackson State getting a water system or, or facilitate in raising the issue to make it where now water utility is being handled in the right way. So as you were talking, I just thought about that. You know, if he wants to be a change agent, this is the perfect time for change. This is bigger than, than Travis Hunter. This is bigger than, than, than his sons. This is bigger than even his daughter that plays on the basketball team. This is bigger than football. You know, this, this is something that is, that, that is a huge topic that needs to be addressed and that affects lives. So he has an opportunity to really be a change agent there. All right, sorry. So we're going to go on and close things out. Uh, so, Let's talk about, you know, some predictions. Um, it is a bunch of football, as we discussed. So we're not going to predict every game because we'll be able to watch every game. The world may probably never not. know. Okay. But <laughs> like we, I, I, I'll try. I'll try. But listen, I will try, but we'll see what goes on. All right. But let's talk about, you know, four specific games that are going on on this weekend. So we're going to start with Aggie Eagle because uh, you are a proud North Carolina A&T yeah. alumna. So it's going down. It's, ha- it's, it's happening, down. you know. North Carolina Central's looking really good. It, it's happening. North Carolina Central's looking really good, Ariel. 
And with North Carolina A&T, you know, they, they, they're looking looking great as well. So give me your opinion. What you think will happen? I'm sticking by my team. Like, I, no, no, yes to Central. Listen, and like I said before, Central is on the come up. They, they're they're doing great with their quarterback. They're doing great with their coaching system. I believe that they can be at the top of this MEAC after we left. But I, I don't see it. And it was funny. I literally just saw a video of all the scores of what we beat them in the past four years. So I'm, I'm sorry. I have, I don't have hope. I feel like A&T is going to win. If it's an upset, I'm going to be highly disappointed and I will give Central their creds, but I'm not looking to see if they're going to win. I most definitely know off of previous history that they're going to lose. I'm not as confident um, wow. because the quarterback, we're going to see how that, how that two quarterback system is going to work for A&T. And I think North Carolina Central has something to prove because they were in that hunt. It was South Carolina State who eventually went to the Celebration Bowl and won the MEAC. It was Norfolk State with Dawson Odoms, and it was North Carolina Central. And they were very much so there. So I think that North Carolina Central wants to be a power. They want to be great in the MEAC. And I think they have, like, based on, you know, just your breakdown of it, they have the tools to make it happen. So I'm not saying they're going to beat a and T. But I'm saying that it might be closer than, than you think. And, you know, Aggie Eagle Classic, the Duke Mayo, Duke Mayo, Aggie Eagle Classic, <laughs> it's going to be close, all right? The first Duke Mayo. Uh, what is it's Duke Mayo? Brand. It's, it's a, it's a <laughs> kind of that? brand. I don't know why they changed it to that. It's I, I don't know. Is, 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 it, is it a mayo yeah, brand, like, mayonnaise brand? It's a brand? for real, like, I, I use it when I cook, and, like, when I, it's a for real brand. So, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I don't know. They, they changed it. I think they changed okay. it, like, two or three years ago. I don't know why that's our name. I don't, I feel like we, we could have got something better, jazzier, especially pencil. Oh, oh, I can tell I you just, why. <laughs> I can tell you why it's changed. Money. <laughs> they, they dropped the bag on that. Like, A&T got some money. Central got some money. They said, listen, Duke Mayo. <laughs> we do the Duke Mayo classic, like <laughs> man. Listen, hey, account executive energy up, man. Listen, I'm telling you, like, like if I was the account executive, Duke Mayo wanted the sponsor. Listen, Duke Mayo, come on over. Like, listen, we gonna we gonna make it, Duke Mayo. We gonna give everybody anti and central. They gonna walk in, give they ticket. We gonna give them a jar of mayonnaise. I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Immediately, uh, Immediately off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> the Duke Mayo Classic. That that is I'm glad to know I did not know it was a real brand. I'm glad to know it's a real, it's a real brand. So God, y'all y'all go off Duke Mayo Classic. Y'all go, go buy some Duke Mayo. They ain't paying me to say this at all. Cause I, I you know, but still I wouldn't eat it, but you know, go 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 get it. Um so all right, so the Orange Blossom Classic. So we just talked about that extensively from the issues that are off the field as well as what's happening on the field. Uh, UN, the UNC FAMU game was a very compelling game, um, and you had uh, Jeremy Musa that did great, and it was, the defense did pretty well. But FAMU did suffer some injuries on the offensive line, and we're trying to see uh, what players will be eligible. Uh, we're hearing that 17 players um, are now ineligible, so that's you know a few players that are now going to be back on the field uh, for the game. So, Ariel, so what are you thinking about this game? Who do you think is going to win? I want to say out of my heart it's going to be FAMU. I want to say FAMU. If their situation is just more dire and why I, I'm i not pulling all the way, but there's still my prediction just because not being able to play on your field versus not having all your players. I think not having all your players outweighs whether my whether I practice or not because if you're bad but I'm not playing against the best, what what do I really have to lose? And I, I want FAMU to come out 
And, you know, I'm, I'm not wishing loss on Jackson State, but I just believe FAMU is the better team and they deserve this win. And hopefully they prove that to me on Sunday, see how many players they get back. But I, I do want FAMU to pull out of this game. I think that FAMU has a better shot than what a lot of people think. And I don't, I don't want to choose against Jackson State. I know they have talent, but I think FAMU has something to prove. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest football prognosticator. I think I'm getting better at it. Um, but I've heard a lot of conversation about this game. And, you know, we know how Jackson State plays defense. They, they, they bring pressure. Like they're going to blitz, bring pressure. They, like, like they're going to bring edge rushers. They're going to try to knock Musa down. But and, and UNC didn't do that, you know. And I saw it with my own eyes, and I heard the prognostication and, and, and analysis around it this week. They didn't do that. You know, like, like they, they more so were, were trying to cover their receivers. And a lot of times when, when Musa got, got hit, it was because he was taking too long in the pocket. Like, he had got to make a decision, you know, because it's like the offensive line is, is already, you know, undermanned. So, and then you had UNC that had, had a better offense, they had a better defensive, you know, front. So, you got to make a decision, man. You know, so with Jackson State, they're going to provide pressure. And I believe that Moose is going to handle it well because I saw a level of poise, the same type of poise that we saw from Shador. We always said Shador had a very mature game. He's poised. He doesn't get rattled. I saw that exact same thing from Musa, and Musa's older. You know, he's he, he's he's a grad transfer from Vanderbilt, and he, he played at that level at, at Vanderbilt. So, you know, I see FAMU winning, and I think it's going to come down to Musa. I think Musa is the X factor. If he goes in there and you know does a good game, no interceptions, he doesn't get sacked a lot, and they find a way to protect him in the pocket, I think that he, he's going to have a great game. But I think it's going to be Musa versus the defense. And then we'll see. I do not have confirmation if Isaiah Land is going to play. If Isaiah Land plays, that's he's going to be a big X factor on the defense versus Shador. You know, he's going to be a huge X factor. But, you know, we're going to update that. We're going to see what's going on and, and report on that on HBCPulse.com. But I don't know if he's back yet. I don't know if he's a part of that, that, that you know, that new list of players that are now, are now eligible. If he is, it's going to be an, an even more interesting game. And we're going to see if Travis Hunter is going to play because I'm, I'm hearing, you know, rumors that he might not play. And at the MEAC, I'm sorry, at the SWAC Media Day, what we saw was that Travis Hunter was in a boot. Well, he, he was in a boot. Up the there, he was day. interviewing with Jay Walker yeah, and he was, Tiffany Green. He was in practice the other day. Yeah, oh, was, so, I mean, I think. I think okay. Jackson State so, is doing really good with their media. Like, they keep stuff on the hush or they keep you on your edge, and then they come out, and it's just like, wow. Like, that's one thing I can't give them. Jackson Jackson State's media is on point. Their, their lawyers, their team, A1, perfect. Um, but I, I agree with you. It's just, I we this is crazy, Randall. Why are we doing our predictions? First of all, I'm glad to be back. But we agree. This this is, um, this is new. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is a little bit, but I mean, I think these are, I think these are sort of easy picks. But thing might is, a lot of people don't agree with us with the FAMU pick because they think Jack State's gonna run through them. And I, I just, you know, out of respect for FAMU and also coaching, Coach Simmons yeah. is gonna do his thing. So I, I just, I don't think that it's gonna be the blowout that people think because what I saw um, at UNC on Saturday, that wasn't just play because it's just certain points where it's just not about talent. It's not about who you have on the field. It's about the play caller. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that at that point, Coach Simmons is a good play caller, and it takes that coaching to get your team prepared to go out there. Because when you're under, man, people aren't believing in you. You got folks that's talking all, all this trash about FAMU and your school, and then they had their grievances that they wanted to air out and how they felt. 
that's motivation saying, listen, I know we got all this going on, but we're going to go out there and we're going to show and prove. We're not going to back down. We're not going to be scared. And he literally said, this is not a money game. It's a get money game. And he came out there with confidence and the team came out there with confidence. Like it's a get money game. We're going to go get our money and, and make sure people see what we got going on. And we're going to go out there and dominate. And I think if FAMU does get their, their starters back and Isaiah Land comes back, they're going to be a contender in general. So I think that, once again, this game is going to determine who wins the SWAC East and who eventually makes it to the Celebration Bowl. I think this year FAMU wins this game, they make it to the Celebration Bowl, and Jackson State wins out the rest of the schedule for, for, for the SWAC. We'll see about that Southern game, and they go to the playoffs. They, they're going to be in the FCS playoffs this year. That's just my, my opinion, and we'll see what happens from there. But let's talk about Howard Hampton. So Hampton won last year in dominating fashion. Battle of the Real HU. We got some Howard folks on our team. They ready. Got some Hampton folks on our team. They ready. And I think it's going to be a really good game. Hampton is in uh, the Big South. You know, and Howard is still in the MEAC. So it's going to be a very interesting contest. So, Aria, who do you think is going to win that one? I was trying not to say my answer so fast. So um, people don't think I have no faith. I um just from what I've seen, I'm going to have to pull through from Hampton just because I don't think Howard is there mentally yet to be the team that they need to be, especially on the quarterback side. Especially Williams hasn't shown the type of poise and the type of top five HBCU player to look at that I've seen and that I've researched and that I've looked during camps and during last year. He hasn't proved to me that he is supposed to be the quarterback that I need him to have in these winning games. Their offensive line is going to be fine. Jackson is going to step up. Jay Jackson, he is, he is there for Howard. There's nothing that Howard can't do defensively without him. But on the offensive side, when you're playing against Hampton, Williams is going to have to step up as that top five player. And if not, it's, it's going to go down here from there. And if they beat them two years in a row, we definitely know who the real HU is. So... I'm not. I'm not gonna. I, I, I'm not gonna say that. I, I can't get involved in that because my, my affiliation HBC pulse. I'm not. That that that'll be a lot. I can't say that. But I can't say that either way. But I totally agree. Um, I think that Hampton is becoming a better team. Uh, I think that you know. I think they're starting to recruit well and things are starting to come together. And I believe that they showed a lot last year at that dominating win over Howard. I think Howard is going to have to really recruit they have a new coach so they're gonna have to really you know recruit he's been he's been there for a minute but he's still new but they have to recruit they have to really you know develop their players because when Kalen Newton was there Kalen Newton was killing them they got to get another Kalen Newton-esque player at quarterback on the offense and I would love to see them actually run the ball more you know I actually would love to see that so I heard that I heard you know rumors and running rumors of that that people like how they were running the ball I would love to see them utilize that running attack a little bit more. But I think how I think Howard is gonna, you know, pick up this L to Hampton. I, I do agree, but I'm not gonna say either one's the real HU. I, I'm not that that's not that's not my battle. But what is my battle is oh, Florida yeah, State University. Okay. And we're gonna pre we gotta preview. Like and all right, y'all, I mean, I'm gonna toss it to you to see if you have any thoughts, but I I got I have to, you know, to to, to comment on this, right? So for Florida State University, they have former Aggie coach that recruited Tyreek Cohen and developed Tyreek Cohen. Sean Gibbs is at Fort Valley State University, and he's making a lot of noise at Fort Valley. The HBCU community really is hearing from him. Uh, he has that HBCU National Football Championship pedigree. So he's down there, Fort Valley. 
has pedigree as well. We have amazing players, you know, that have been in, in the NFL, Hall of Famers. Uh, rest in peace to Rayfield Wright. He passed away earlier this year, Cowboys legend. So we have a lot of great players that have come from Fort Valley. And, you know, we have a history of winning. We won the, the side championship in 2016. And then we lost to Tuskegee in 2017, but we were pretty good in, tw- in, in 2017. But we had years after that where we sort of had our ups and downs. Um, but, you know, I'm expecting a win on, on this Saturday. I don't think it's, it's going to be on oh, this Sunday. I'm expecting a win on this Sunday. I don't believe there's going to be a shutout like how it was last year. I think Tuskegee is, is going to come back with some more energy. Uh, they have they have a new coaching staff. Miles College's coach is over there now, and I'm pretty sure they got some weapons over there. You know that he brought from Miles College, uh, but I think that Fort Valley is going to win. I think Coach Coach Gibbs is going to make sure he gets a signature win on ESPN, a special ESPN Classic, the Red Tails Classic, honoring the Tuskegee Airmen. I think Fort Valley is going to win that, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think Tuskegee is going to come to play, and that might be a very sneaky game of the weekend because Fort Valley needs – we need something. We need some winners. Like, we we, we don't – Ari, I'm bougie, Ariel. Like, you 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 like you have all these championships, all right? I know we people want to sleep on D2, but I'm, I'm used to winning, Ariel. I'm used to excellence, okay? Like, you, you look at Fort Valley's history, I'm bougie. So I need for her to go out there and help me stay bougie on the foot on the football front because this struggle ain't it for me, Ari. I'm just saying. You know what? And I'm I'll give you hope. I'll give you the Aggie blessing. I'll give you the Aggie wins and stuff. The little whatever it is, voodoo, all that good stuff. You know, I hope you guys come out there and dominate. Y'all use our coach to the best abilities. I mean, it's it's been fact when you take someone out of a championship pedigree and put him somewhere with a team that wants to win. And we've seen it last year. Fort Valley wants to win. They have they have the momentum. They have that character in them that says we can be better. And I've and I've seen that they could do better. So I know that having Coach Gibbs and I know wanting to have that kind of kind of momentum to have that kind of pride and everything. I, I believe you guys can do it. That's my hope. That's my prediction for for Valley State all the way. We're gonna do it. Okay, I, I love it. See, we we, we love the A and G support. <laughs> we, we we need it. Like, hey, like, listen, send us some players, man. Tell you, we need some. Send us some players. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you are you like nah? She like nah. We ain't do that. <laughs> oh. Listen, the way A and T scouting has been set up, I let me not. But you know, I <laughs> just. I didn't say it. Like, listen, the alum said it. I didn't say They're that. They're doing, they're doing <laughs> I better. Said, I, I didn't all, say that's all I got to say. They're doing better. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. So really quickly, Aria, before we go, I want to try my absolute best to run down all of the games that are going on this weekend. If we missed the game, our apologies, but it's a lot going on. Jesus Christ. All right. So we're going to start with, with the Sayak. All right. All right. So Kentucky State versus Delta State, Edward Waters versus Clark Atlanta, Benedict versus Elizabeth City, Morehouse versus West Alabama, Newberry versus Allen University, Savannah State versus Southeastern, and defending SIAC champion Albany State University will go up against Mississippi College. That's happening on Saturday. And on Sunday, we have Central State versus Winston-Salem State University and Tuskegee versus Fort Valley State University. Now, I want to preface this by saying we have uh, SIAC versus SWAC matchups. We have SIAC versus CIAA matchups. And also we have Southern versus Florida Memorial. So that is a SWAC versus NAIA matchup. So if I mention a game once, 
that's the game. We know the conferences, all right? So just bear with us. It is a lot, okay? I have asthma, so pray for me, all right? So, <laughs> the sweat, all right? <laughs> the sweat. So today, as we're recording this on Thursday, Alabama A&M plays University of Alabama, and Mississippi Valley plays Tarleton State. And on Saturday, Bethune-Cookman goes up against number 16, Miami. Miles College plays against Alabama State. Grambling State plays against Arkansas State. Stephen F. Austin plays against Alcorn. Florida Memorial plays against Southern. Texas Southern plays against Prairie View A&M. That's the Labor Day Classic. And Lane College plays against University of Arkansas at Palm Bluff. And, of course, the Orange Blossom Classic, Jackson State versus FAMU. We're excited to see that. So the MEAC has some games coming on today, on Thursday. South Carolina State, the defending Celebration Bowl champions and MEAC champions, are going up against the University of Central Florida. On Saturday, Lincoln University of Pennsylvania goes up against Delaware State. Uh, also, Norfolk State versus Marshall. Howard versus Hampton. We talked about that. Morgan State versus Georgia Southern. North Carolina A&T versus North Carolina Central. The, the Duke Mayo Aggie Eagle Classic. All right, Duke Mayo. All right, CIAA. The CIAA, all right? So, Thursday, today. So, Bluefield State versus Johnson C. Smith. Showen versus Barton. Tuscalum. Oh, I said that right. Tuscalum versus St. Augustine's, all right? Virginia Union versus Virginia University of Lynchburg. That's Thursday, all right? Saturday, Bowie State versus New Haven. Shaw versus Wingate. Lenore Ryan versus Virginia State. Livingstone versus Cat Awaba. C-A-T-A-W-B-A, all right? If I said it wrong, forgive me. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but Cat Awaba, okay? I'm just going to say it like that. All right? And Fayetteville State versus UNC Pembroke. All right, so that is all of the games. It, it, is, it is some predominantly white institutions that are going to be playing uh, against some HBC football, so we hope for some wins. And also we have some interconference matchups that are always fun, Ariel. So are you excited? Like, you know, what, what, what you think, Ariel? It's a lot of football. Actually, I, I heard a lot of good games. They Norfolk game, UCF game. I, I heard a lot of good games that I would definitely be paying attention to. I'm, I'm kind of excited about some of them. I know it's a lot of football, but, I mean, that's what we do. We're here to report the football to the people. But um, that lineup doesn't sound too bad. It doesn't, but I'm already tired, okay? I'm already tired, man. Listen. You got to take a breather. Oh, yeah, oh, for sure, 100%. 100%, yeah. But I want to say this as well before we go. The Benedict College versus Elizabeth City State University game will be on HBCU League Pass on Saturday. So please make sure to watch uh, on HBCU League Pass. It's going to be on Channel 1. It's going to be amazing production. I'm going to be tuned in. Uh, we'll talk about it on next week on our next broadcast. If you're on League Pass right now, that is Channel 1. And Benedict will pretty sure they don't have a channel now. They will have a channel. Um, but make sure to check that out. Amazing coverage last week. And I'm pretty sure Benedict versus Elizabeth city is going to be a great game. And this will, it'll be great as well. But Aria, where can we find yes, you on you social can find media? Me on Twitter at ask underscore underscore, or go check out my website at the I love it. So make sure to follow HBCU pulse on Instagram, the HBCU pulse on Twitter and TikTok, as well as YouTube. We just reached 12,000 subscribers. Uh, as we are recording this and hopefully it's going to go up even more thank you for all your support we're also on hbc league pass channel 201 and also please subscribe to us on our podcast feed you have hbcu pulse radio on apple podcast spotify and iheart radio but outside of that thank you so much for tuning in and as always we'll see you on the other side like what you hear 
Yeah. Subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head to HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Thank Thank you for for listening listening to HBCU HBCU Pulse Pulse Radio. Radio.